17 to come in. Go ahead, truck 17. Primary complete. Command topics, primary complete. What's up, folks? And welcome to another episode of Primary Complete. Before we kick off the show, do us a quick favor. Like and subscribe. At the end of the show, if you enjoyed it, leave a quick comment. These simple little things make our platform more visible to folks who are looking for the type of show that we produce. For all of you who are constantly interacting with us on social media, talking about the show in your firehouses and with your friends, we can't say thank you enough for helping us build this awesome community. If you haven't yet, check out the social media. Search Primary Complete Podcast on Insta, Facebook, TikTok. Give it a quick like. We also got a website. Feel free to check that out, www.primarycompletepodcast.com. Thank you all once again. Enjoy the next episode and continue to help us make conversation in great. any form. We go to the bank and they'll switch it out for ones and then band it. Okay. So he's got stacks of ones. That's good. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. I think I actually kind of do the same thing. Yeah. yeah like smaller bills and I want to see it. Yeah. So it looks like there's more. <laughs> yeah. This piece of shit camera. Uh, it's not the camera. It's the no, it's me. See me moving around on TV right now? Look at that. Jesus Christ. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Cheese and rice. Did you ever know Francis and JT, Gerald? Did you ever know them? I don't think so. No, they they lived um, over there off Toulon Drive, which was like, um, yeah, Green Meadows. Not Green exactly Meadows, right. Green Meadows area. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were the ones that, uh, like Francis was the one that used to watch me when I was a kid, a lot or whatever. But I didn't know if you had ever run in any of those circles. They were like, they were like the quintessential Southern couple. You know what I mean? That they ended up, you know, living till they died together in that mm-hmm. old house on two, the brick house, ranch style house on Toulon or whatever. Um, just every time I hear um, somebody say "Jesus Christ," I, uh, JT always used to say "cheese and rice," right? And I, like, you, you <laughs> yeah. just don't hear as that a substitute. Much. Yeah. Yes. Nice. You don't you don't hear it much anymore. You know, like that old school stuff like that they used to say. I think it's awesome. Yeah, bro. I added that angle. That's pretty cool. That one. Oh, uh, nice. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. I figured out, Hoffman taught me this one, a conversation to be going, and it's on a path, and I'll have a thought. If I, if I don't make just yep, a, a something, to. yeah, yep, then it's you got gone. To. Yeah. Our seminar, the um, uh, Carolina Beach thing, mm-hmm. I say seminar, conference. <clears throat> conference. Why did you think that I was awake that morning whenever you text me? Whenever y'all were having that conference, you were like, yeah, man, I saw that you're out and about, so if you get over this way, stop by. Why did you think that? Um, I saw you had posted you were, I can't remember now, it seems like you were downtown or doing something. So uh, that that world is, is hidden. Mm-hmm. Like not many people, like even people that have been firefighters for 10 and 20 years have never attended one. And it, I think they're amazing. Like the, the talent that's around to teach, there's especially that one there's a lack of that condescending i'm the fucking teacher yeah you know learn from me Good. Uh, kneel all yeah, that like yeah yeah, yeah. Bow, bow down to me yeah, yeah that kind of that drill instructor mentality where it's like yeah, yeah blow yeah. up i'm familiar yeah sad. there's there's still some of that there it's not uh it's not with the big guys the well-known people and all that kind of stuff they're so incredibly humble uh and gracious to even still be cuz i mean the fire service dude it's a it's a weird place. Once you're done, like, it's it's real close to the same as the military. So once you're done, 
it keeps rolling without you and it forgets you and doesn't remember you. Uh. So it's like a piece that's torn away. And it's for a lot of guys, it can be super depressing. Like, mm. you know, like surprised, you know, even when I take off work and, you know, it's like, I mean, I'll go a week or so and won't get a text, won't get a phone call. It's like, these guys don't even like me, <laughs> do they? They do. They like me just fine and they miss me, but it's just, you know, stuff's got to keep going. Yeah. Right? Got to keep rolling. Uh, yeah. that, that was funny because whatever you saw, um, I you, you would text me before I'd even woke up that morning. Oh. Yeah, I, I wasn't even awake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you saw or whatever. Yeah. And that's the funny thing about social media is like you'll see something and you think that it's now, but it's not. Mm. It's not now. Like I was I was in my bed. Yeah. yeah, nice. Well, uh, you're welcome for rising. the wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. Uh, you were you were saying before that that um, uh, that other fellow you were saying he survives on like uh, Mountain Dew and what was it Marlboro Reds? Is that yeah, correct? brother mm-hmm. Steve Snyder. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I I honestly, uh, Tila and I were just talking about this last night. Like people always ask us, like, how do you guys stay skinny? Like, how are you staying? And it, to, to be honest, like as I get older and older, it does get more difficult to stay lean. I won't say necessarily skinny. I could be skinny and have like a gut, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it, it tries. But um, I think happiness is like a big part that people forget about. Like if if Marlboro Reds and Mountain Dew make that guy happy and like he's constantly doing things that give his body, hey, this makes me feel good. There's something to that. Like I don't, I don't understand it. There, there's got to be a science there, but the more I, I feel like the more, you know, I ingest whatever I want to. And it, but if it makes me feel good, then I'll keep doing things. Mm-hmm. If I'm eating really healthy stuff that, you know, it just makes me feel like, OK, well, I'm ingesting this because I have to. Right. Like right. then it sucks and I don't want to do anything because I'm upset because I just had to eat a salad or something. <laughs> some right. Shit, yeah. Right. That I didn't want to eat. So I, I think they're, you know, having to be like having to do things that just make you feel good, like even if it is. Marlboro Reds and Mountain Dew. I was just talking to, to Tila about this the other day too. Like so many people, um, I watch that uh, Hatfields and McCoys documentary. Yeah. Have you seen it yes, with I Kevin have. Costner? Yeah. And and it's so funny to me how those two men, like the two heads of the families, live to be like ninety something years old or whatever, and they chewed tobacco and smoked pipes and fought in wars and shot each other and stuff for like their entire lives. They live to be like ninety something. Yeah. And I'll yeah. probably die at like forty five <laughs> trying to eat salads and drink less than drop or yeah, whatever. Was, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or it might have just been in our conversation. I told you about my great grandma. No, I was talking to Nathan about it. Uh, my great grandmother, my dad's grandmother, uh, she lived I I don't want to get this wrong. Somewhere between 98 and 103. Dude. Somewhere long. But she <laughs> she smoked for 60-some years exactly. and chewed tobacco for 80-some years. And every Christmas, she would drink a six-pack six pack of Heineken and get absolutely tore out the frame. But <laughs> until the day she died, she couldn't see and she couldn't hear, but she knew exactly who every one of us were. She wow. had her mind completely, never lost one stitch of her mind. You could get right there in her face at Christmas and say, hey, gr- hey, Grandma, how are you? And she would, Matt, how are you doing? This and that. And it was it was remarkable. Now, was she an alcoholic, or did she just like... No, uh, every, from, okay, no, I got no, So no. you're saying like at Christmas she just celebrated. Yep. Like she wasn't that afraid was to celebrate. That was yeah. her thing. Because yep. I, I uh, have also been like doing a lot of study, because I, <laughs> I have um, so many mixed emotions about alcohol, right? Because I'm obviously around it a lot because I'm in entertainment, of course. So Mm -hmm. I I just can't stand to be around it, right? But I have to. But there's so many studies that are coming out now about the relationship between, and I'm I'm studying this right now because I have a grandfather who's dealing with dementia, right? Granddaddy Roy is dealing Mm -hmm. with dementia right now. So um, 
I just causes of demand. Like, why is the brain doing this? Right. Well, one of the the big factors is alcoholism leading to dementia. And I don't know what the exact correlation is, but I know over and over, if you're looking for dementia causes or like things that happen, alcoholism is a big, a big part of that. So like, I'm always asking now, like when I, when I see really old people that still kept their mind, how were they with alcohol throughout their life? And it sounds like she obviously didn't ever dabble in it. The cigarettes apparently didn't have any effect, you know, on her emotional, you know, excuse me, on her uh, mental, you know, mm-hmm. mental sharpness or whatever. Which yeah, is cigarettes were way different back then than they are now. Yeah, That's you think a, so? Oh, man. Dude. Yeah, because it was more yeah. natural? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Filters didn't come along until later. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. She was smoking those Lucky Strikes or, you know, like the, they look like a joint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you roll your own. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. You've so that was fairly recent then. That I, I guess it was recent that they just came out with like cigarette butts and things where people weren't rolling their own. Yeah, I'm not a scientist. I think like the 70s. I'm not, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm not a nicotinologist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an outstanding new word. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I think happiness is such a big part of it. Like mm-hmm. people ask those girls that are in Tila Salon all the time, ask her stuff like that. Like, how do you stay so lean? I stay so skinny, and we do work out. Like I I just was was training with a guy yesterday at the range, um, who's like one of the most jacked dudes that I know and always has been. Right, his name's Matt Brogdon, and he um uh was was a good shooter, which which was great. But beyond that. Uh, I was asking, like, he brought me a sundrop, and he had a sundrop, which, if you're out of this state, sundrop is, um, like, Mountain Dew, but it's... The way next, better. Way better, absolutely. Yeah. But um, it's the first time I'd ever seen one of those jack dudes that, like, always is, like, 1% body fat, right, yeah. all the time, chugging, you know, chugging on sundrop. He was like, bro... I wake up and run two miles every day, and like I do cardio all the time, and I work out all the time so that I can eat fried chicken and drink Sundrop. And I'm like, dude, I'm in. If, yeah. yeah, it's exactly right. Like yeah. if you keep yourself happy and like you're doing the things that make you happy, as long as you stay moving in the process, I I think there's something to that. I'm yeah. There was a uh, there's the saying that goes by you can't outwork a bad diet. Right. That you've heard that sound I've before. Absolutely it's heard a hundred percent lie. Yeah. Oh yeah. no yeah. way. Are you? See, I didn't expect you. Weren't you, you a can. CrossFit guy yes. as well? Ate like garbage. Really? You know Rich Browning, like world's uh, fittest guy, won CrossFit competition like five years in a row or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, he eats like Oreos every day and ice cream and garbage. And, yeah. yeah. There you go, that happiness thing, dude. I, I think there's something to it. Plays a lot I bigger absolutely part. Absolutely, it's just like whenever you see people get, um, like a lot, a lot of times Facebook lets us see into people's lives so much more, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you'll see people in like a marry a marriage, and then they you can, you can see they're like overweight, unhappy, things like that, and then they part ways, and then all of a sudden the woman's slimming down. She's putting all these pictures Back on. Back in the game, That's daddy. Exactly right. <laughs> they're glowing again, right? Because of the happiness that they're not changing much. You know what I mean? They're still doing doing a lot of their same habits, but they are much happier. Something to, to think about. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. You know the phrase uplifting? Mm. And so if you're like doing uplifting things, for sure. You're up. And, sure. you know, like your body's staying upright. And then if you're feeling down, everything's all just melting. And you just want to, you know, it's got to be. I, I think uh, the, as far as your psyche goes, too, like um, the, just what we're talking about today, what, what we were talking about a little bit ago with like the. Um, you can look at everything that you see on, on your social medias two different ways, right? Like you can choose to see it as something not necessarily pot, like if it's bad news or if it's something you don't want to see, you know, you can choose to see it as well. That's part of life. You know, sometimes things happen that it'll come back around the pendulum swings both ways, mm-hmm. or you can see it as, well, this is the end. This is it. This is what I was talking about, right? This is the end coming, you know? So 
I don't know. I see a lot of. Uh, I see. It just seems like there's a lot of defeatist attitude on the internet a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how else to word it, but uh, a lot of people are just like, "This is the, this is the worst thing that could ever happen, and this has never happened before." It's absolutely happened before. There's yeah. nothing that can happen now that's never happened before. Short of you know, robots are starting to do things that they've never really done before with people. Yeah, but. there are some new things, but <laughs> cycles, are. cycles. Cycles yeah. is, is absolutely right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, that that kind of brings me to, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to talk about today, like one of the biggest things is like trying to give people updated information or, or as, as updated as I have on what's going on with like the pistol brace thing. So like a lot of you guys as listeners are gun people, correct? Like, yeah. and that's something that majority, yeah. we absolutely, it's something that we, we avoid the topic a lot and I have to avoid the topic a lot. Cause most of the time, whenever I'm in here talking, I'm talking about other things that I'm doing, you know, like in the community or like with kids or things like that. And I keep those two topics completely separate. So like a lot of people don't know that my main day job during the, <clears throat> during the week, sorry, <clears throat> is I, I train people literally every day how to use firearms, better whether it be military, law enforcement, or civilian, concealed carry classes, or just trying to learn how to use their stuff better. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally my, my day job. So um, that's one of the reasons. We talked about it briefly, but just kind of touched on it. But that's one of the reasons I, I get so much flack from the schools is because of what I do for a living, like why they won't let me in a lot of these places. So, and I, I certainly don't promote any of these things, you know, at the, at the schools or anything. Most of the kids have no idea what, right. Yeah. Like, like I come in with an AK, like doing wheelies and shooting yeah. an AK in the air or something. Yeah. Is that what you visualized? I I'd be so. at every event. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but but no, I, I think um, I started doing this, and maybe maybe Hoff, you might have started started training people as well. Like I started doing this because I saw a a need for firearms instructors for the average person. <clears throat> so online, you see all these firearms instructors that are teaching firearms to like dudes that are already well put together, right? Like the the, the guys that already know what they're doing, and they're just trying to get better and better and better, like we all are. But you rarely on YouTube ever see because it's not exciting. It's not fun. Like nobody wants to teach the average person how to be better with their firearm and give them that self worth. Mm-hmm. You know, but this it's so it's it's so much more important for the average person. Like more important. You know, it's like um, you know the same thing we used to talk about with like motorcycles and stuff. Like teaching somebody those basic fundamentals will keep them out of the shit whenever whenever something you know something does happen in traffic or whatever like mm-hmm. you have to have those fundamentals and you have to make sure as many people as possible have those fundamentals cuz whether you like it or not especially you know in the south people are going to have guns yeah, yeah. The, a lot of them yeah there's a lot of um in that community the training community and the ones you see on the internet are all you know xsf guys or competition shooters or something like yeah. that there's a lot of uh there's a lot of mixed feelings, you know, when it comes to civilians and the level of competency and the level of training that, uh, you know, they that folks believe they should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I guess, you know, you get some of the SF guys that are like, a civilian should be trained just like we are. Yeah, I mean, it could happen to them. I mean, no, they're not getting deployed into, you know, these hot places or hot zones where they have to use a handgun or a, use a rifle for a living, but uh, there's no reason that, anybody at home shouldn't be able to deploy these same tactics in order to de- defend their family or their home. Yeah. Smashing um, grabs happen at home now. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, yeah, there's a lot of mixed feelings there. You know, like I said, some people say that, you know, civilians shouldn't know how to do, you know, single man CQB or, uh, be able to clean, uh, clear their own home or, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas, you know, the other side of the coin is they're like, yes, they absolutely should be able to. Mm. And so, you know, it's fun to watch those, 
two camps fight on the internet. I agree. It's entertaining to no, me. I agree with you. I I do disagree. In um, I think any anyone who's searching for more training or to be better at anything, I think is is a good thing. Like I I, I absolutely I, I understand why. Like I understand the reasons, and I would never like tell anybody that they're stupid for feeling like civilians don't need need this training. Right, but I, I also feel like um, I'm a <laughs> I'm a motorcycle stunner that really enjoys shooting guns. Right, so like I got really good at it because I enjoy it. What I have seen along the way is since I'm dealing with the the very um, I, I deal with a lot of beginner shooters, mm-hmm. so I get to see them grow. And not only do I get to see them grow, I get to see them like grow as a person. You know, their shooting grows, but they they like they change their confidence goes up because they haven't had like a hobby that they've been able to enjoy that much. You know what I mean? They're, we've talked about this before. Like, there's so many really cool emotions that mm-hmm. that come Thought out. Process. Absolutely yeah. right. You get sharper. You mm-hmm. feel. I see. That there's a, a guy that I'm training today. I'm going to the long range today. As soon as we leave here, and I'm training this. This guy who's like 75 years old um, and long range stuff. And this is why I anytime I get into this stuff, I, I latch on to the top guys in our area. Mr. Cowden, like when yep. we've seen that, like I latch on to those people so I can pass this stuff on to this lower level of people. I'm like the middle guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like the connection. But um, when I see he's like 75 years old and all he wants is to stay sharp. Right. He has no other goals but to just keep learning, stay sharp, um, keep keep uh, keep getting getting after it. Right. Like, I think I think we all understand what that's like. And I hope that I stay that way as well, because as soon as you stop, you will deteriorate. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And those drills you're doing, the um, I can't remember the name, but it's basically your cold cold start drills. Okay, dude, so much fun. Yeah, that that has got me thinking more. uh, I don't know if I'm the only person that does this, but my. Uh, gun placement in my bedroom when I sleep is not consistent. So I like imagine um, the intruder knowing where it is. So I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to put it in the same spot everybody <laughs> else puts it. You know. So I don't know if that's like a complete terrible idea because then I have to wake up, figure out where I put it. You know. What do you think? Uh, you got a, you got an opinion on whether that's a good or bad idea? Sure. Um, I to make it a little more relatable for you, it's just like. Uh, uh, grabbing a different or not knowing which hose load you're going to grab. Mm-hmm. If it's loads. a if it's a Minuteman, a AAA, all those things, they all serve the same purpose, mm-hmm. but they deploy off of our tri- fire trucks completely different. The technique to deploying that hose off the fire truck is completely different. So you wouldn't want to be surprised at a fire. So consistency, if you have a home intruder come in, you don't want to go to the place you left it two nights ago thinking it's there. And then by the time you're actually tracking it down, it's too late. If they're coming in your house and you know where it's at, odds are you're going to be quicker to it than they ever will be because they don't know where it's at. They might have heard some stuff about, oh, it might be in the nightstand. Well, maybe it is. Come get it. Yeah. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wait for the flash. Yeah, wait for the flash. You know, that's fine. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you some light. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I believe consistency. I used to tell people to try to allow themselves uh, three steps from the time they are startled to the time they actually can get to where their home defense weapon is. At least three steps because... I mean, all it takes is you half asleep. In my world, stepping on a Lego or the side of a, a Barbie's foot, uh-huh. and everybody's getting shot yeah. in the house. Um, <laughs> that was actually, yeah, that advice, I think, was originally from Skinner, and then it was adopted by uh, the NCDOJ. Because right. I know it's in our concealed carry referendum. Right. I don't know if y'all caught that that Leonard Skinner reference. Like, give me three steps. Oh. Uh, hey. 
Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. My my music knowledge what is am I doing? so limited. What am I doing? Non existent. <laughs> so so <laughs> that's it, a tangent conversation. Yeah. I'll I'll send Steve, you know how I'll send you videos. I'll be oh, like, yeah. dude, check this band, oh, it's rad. Man. I'll send them to Steve and like two days later I'll get nothing. I'll be like, dude, I was hype as shit about that song. Uh-huh. What'd you think? Not my style. Oh, <laughs> not no. my style. It's like, uh, oh, you're killing so, me. So he just didn't respond at all, right? <laughs> yeah. Rather than let, it, let rather than letting you down right then. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, did you listen to that video? He's like, not my style. No. It's like, oh no. <laughs> that one you're talking about, I made it like halfway through, and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he just left you on red too. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And, and my defense, it was like a, a one hour long music video. Yeah. It was really good though. Yeah. I I got in like halfway. I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> Next, next. Oh, thank God for an ad. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But so uh, one of the things that, that I was talking about before with the um, like everything is how you look at it, you know, like how you perceive it or whatever, like how, how you want to digest it. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're seeing so much of that, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to. We're, we're so distracted already, but one of the reasons I wanted to get on here today was to just like try and, and give out information locally and and you know maybe not locally as well um, on like this AR, uh, AR pistol brace thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of changes and a lot of back and forth right now with uh, with like AR pistols, mm-hmm. and uh, the ATF has has made another rule right where um, they're saying that you can't have AR pistol braces on your on your AR pistols at all. And anymore so they've changed you know through the past like 10 years they were okaying some different pistol braces and stuff like that and i'm you know it's kind of hazy on what they did okay and what they didn't okay over the time but at this point they're basically saying okay you guys have you know have taken it to a point where we're, we're kind of just shutting this whole ar pistol brace thing down you can still have ar pistols but as of right now they're saying like all the pistol braces that are that are out there you can't you can't run them so um, people ask me literally about every day, like, where do we stand on that situation? Well, you had 120 days from when they actually made this rule. Um, and that 120 days is up on May. Th- is there 30 or 31 in May? Whatever the last Either, day is in yeah, May. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 30 or 31st. I can't remember. End of May. But that's exactly right. So you, you literally have maybe two more weeks or something like that. And we, we all kind of just keep watching to see if it'll get blocked by... Mm-hmm. Um, by either the um, the I know that the uh, um, the SCOTUS help me out was SCOTUS Court that's exactly right so they've been stepping in there's a lot of Congress has been stepping in um, the ATF director was was talking to Congress and they were grilling him pretty hard recently because of the ATF making their own laws right and ATF is not a law making body um, so. Congress is very upset right now because they have been making these laws kind of without going through going through Congress. But I know that as of right now, nobody's been able to able to put in what they call an injunction, right, or or something where they can um, halt or stop that uh, that pistol brace law from from coming through. So as of right now, uh, the end of May, we still have to either take the pistol braces off. Or we can register the pistol braces as like, a, excuse me, we can register the rifle as like a pistol braced rifle and they won't make you do the $200 tax stamp. So the way this works is if you have a rifle uh, in North Carolina, I believe it's, I believe this is national as well, but if, because it's the NFA, the National Firearms Act, but 
if you have a rifle, this would be national, under 16 inches, like the barrel is under 16 inches, you have to register that with the NFA. If it has a stock on it, you have to register it with the NFA as a short-barreled rifle or an SBR. With that registration, it's basically the same as like if you were to buy a suppressor. So you have to get the $200 tax stamp from them. You have to get an approval from them, which usually takes a little while to get that mm -hmm. approval back. And then once you have an SBR or a short-barreled rifle that's registered with the NFA, you can't leave your state with it without like getting permission from them. You have to send them an email and get the confirmation back before you can leave the state with it and things like that. So now you have this whole other realm of regulations. As I understand it, if you register your pistol with a pistol brace, you don't have to pay the $200 tax stamp that you will get um, waived that, that fee, but you still have to register it. And as I understand it, it's the same rules as the SBR. So like then you, you know, if you want to leave the state with it and go do like, a, like I do a lot of shooting courses in other states, you mm -hmm. know, travel all over yeah. the place to do these things. So I would have to ask ATF's permission to be able to leave the state with my um, braced AR pistol. So, um, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, what do we do? What do I do? What is Dane doing? What have, what, have, what have I been doing? And the answer is I've just been going to rifles. Like, I don't want the—it's not worth it to me. In my opinion, um, the AR platform is cool and, like, it's fun with these shorter configurations. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't necessarily think I gain a whole lot, you know, from having a shorter AR. Like, I, I get it, you know, the CQB or whatever. Like, I can fit it through my doorway. You can fit whatever you want through your doorway. You know, if you if you train with it and you, you want to be able to get through your house with it, you can do it if you wanted to use it for home defense or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think anything will change between now and the end of May. I do think eventually this rule will get struck down. But I don't know if you guys heard that the bump stock ban just got shut down. Did y'all right. hear that? Yes, yes. we, we just we just got um, just got that removed. So like the in case anybody out there didn't know, uh, bump stocks were banned. I don't remember what year that was when the initial ban was. Maybe eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. I can't 18, recall. 19. Right. So it's been yeah. years that mm -hmm. bump stocks have been banned, and they were like, "Yeah, everybody, you have to turn in your bump stocks or destroy them or burn them or whatever." Um, and now bump stocks are <clears throat> are legal again because Congress came in and they were like, "Hey, you guys can't you guys can't make laws." Talk right. to the ATF, right. right? You guys can't make these laws without without consulting us. So very interesting watching this push pull in um, in, in 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 all that that's going on. But you have other options with your AR pistols. So sorry, I didn't go through all that, but I made sure that I made some notes here as well, just so that I can can kind of stay with it. But um, one of the options that you have with your your AR pistol if it has a brace on it is you can destroy it. Yeah, because that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make sure you do that. Um, another option that you have is you can just uh, turn it into the ATF. Like, hey, I have this AR pistol. It's a Daniel Defense Mark 18, right? I paid like $2,200 for it, but you guys can just have it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, don't, I don't need this anymore. This is the devil's work. Uh, yeah. That's probably not going to happen either. So uh, the other two things that you can do, obviously, are registering it as a, as a pistol, which is um, not really that big a deal, as I understand, and you don't have to pay the $200 tax stamp, or register as an SBR. And I, SBRs are awesome. Like the only thing that ever sets me back from running an SBR or more is just that limitation of being able to take it, you know, take it outside of the state whenever I want to and like do whatever I want to with it. Um, that action of registering it, is that the right term? It's correct. Yep. So you just contact the ATF like online? NFA, the yeah. NFA. Okay. So there's a different branch. The National Firearms Act is like their own branch and you kind of deal with them. But yes, it's... Um, 
if you go online and search like Form 1, I believe, is it Form 1 or Form 4? I'm trying to recall which, exactly which one it is. But uh, you'll go online and sub- submit one of those. I believe for SBRs, I, I don't want to mess it up, but mm-hmm. um, for SBRs, it's one or the other. And they'll, okay. they'll explain on like uh, the ATF website, especially if you start searching like um, – um, NFA rules and regulations, or how to how to register, you know, a, a short barrel rifle or something like that with the NFA. There's so many videos on YouTube and things like that. I'm not even going to try to walk people through it on here because yeah. I will get my words confused because mm-hmm. I've, I've done it a couple of times, but it's not a process. I, I try to avoid it because it's it's like sitting at the DMV for me. Yeah. You know, it's I, like I get that. It's like that same that same process. So it's not fun for anyone. But um, so if I bought an AR pistol during the time when people were buying them. I can't just ignore the new rule. Like I have to figure out a, a you gotta path. Do something. I gotta yeah. do something. Now the the thing with the the AR pistols is they have that buffer tube sticking off the back. So mm-hmm. like if you know what an AR pistol looks like, you know that the the bolt carrier group inside of it has to have that tube mm-hmm. hanging off the back of the gun because it has to be able to go back and forth. It's got to have that tube to go into. So your AR pistol will still have a buffer tube on the back, and the ATF is saying, you know, as long as it doesn't, um, it's it's not something that, excuse me, as long as it's something that goes with, like, the the workings of the firearm, like it has to be there for the firearm to work, obviously it can stick out of the back. But anything that you add on to that, that's when we, it's, it's considered a brace, and you have to do something about it. So I have trained a lot with just uh, they've got these little uh, cheek pads that you put on the, the buffer tubes or whatever and, like, running them from the cheek, and it's absolutely totally possible. Like, AR-15, the platform itself doesn't have a lot of recoil, and you have so many ways that you can mitigate that recoil with, like, heavy, you know, heavy buffer weights or um, different gas length systems or excuse me, different ammos and things like that. Like, you muzzle have devices. a lot. Of, that's exactly right. Yeah, muzzle devices. Absolutely right. Um, if you like a 10-inch AR-15 with a muzzle brake on it, you know, blasting you in your fucking face every time you shoot, you know what I mean? And all your friends hate you on on either side of you. Do it. You know, muzzle devices are very effective, but they are, you know, nobody beside you likes you at all. I had Mm -hmm. dude, I I did a rifle course one time, and the guy beside me had a a short gun and and had the muzzle brake on it, and I was beside him all day long. And he luckily he was a nice guy cuz bro, he was blasting me with with every bit of 556 five, sound. He was blasting me all day long with that thing. I was like, I hate this guy. It's yeah. <laughs> like a beach ball of explosions. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hitting you in the face. That's absolutely right. All day long, you know. So, um, It is a form 1, by the way. Form 1. There you yeah, go. So, form, form one. that's for SBR? Yes. Excellent. So, um not a difficult process necessarily, but do understand that that once you have an SBR, there are some restrictions to what you can and and cannot do with that. So, um, just, I, I feel like this is a really good platform. Like I, I get a lot of the, the single questions every mm-hmm. day. I feel like this is a great platform where like I can answer these questions for a lot of people, but do understand that so many of these things come and go. So like, I just see people, you know, get, get very, um, heated and like up in arms because of, you know, the, and they, the, the thing about these, um, uh, politicians is like, as soon as they they are they're always trying to like one up each other with the most extreme shit that they can come up with, right? They're like, okay, well, you want to take away, you know, you want to take away our, our pistol braces. Well, now Texas has just put in uh, their bill. They want to take they literally want to have SBR freedom like Tennessee. Tennessee did an, an SBR Freedom Act uh, right. like a year or two ago or something like that, where Tennessee will not prosecute their own citizens like statewide. It would have to be someone federal that comes in and, and prosecutes somebody for having an SBR mm-hmm. or an SBS or a short barrel shotgun. But Texas trying to do the same thing. They're introducing the the SBR Freedom Act, the Suppressor Freedom Act, and then somebody else uh, who's on the anti gun side just introduced some bill. I think it was Pennsylvania's representative uh, just introduced some bill. He wants to take away. 
all suppressors everywhere. Ban suppressors, ban uh, every assault weapon, ban, you know, they're just always trying to one-up each other with the most outlandish bill possible. Um, we're very fortunate that we have our system of checks and balances, you know, mm-hmm. where there are, it's half and half, you know, like there's there's half of the people that are, you know, into it and half that aren't, and they go back and forth, you know, on what they do and don't want to allow. But it's been it's been very interesting to watch if you can go on YouTube and find some of those uh, hearings where the director I'm trying to remember the director of the ATF's name can you pull that up real quick I sure I'm gonna can. I'm gonna ruin it either way I, I have it <laughs> in my notes here but uh, it's not an easy name to say but they've been very um, very hard on him uh, because of a lot of the quote unquote overreach mm-hmm. and like I'm not one to say whether it's Stephen Dalebach. What'd you say? Steven Delbach? That guy? Dettelbach. Dettelbach. That's it. Yep, absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, yes, that's absolutely right. So he has been talking to Congress and, and being interviewed by, by Congress, and, man, they're giving him, like, the third degree. Like, it's it's um, almost hard to watch mm-hmm. because they're they're very upset, you know, and he's trying to defend himself and defend, you know, defend the ATF and their actions. And they have a lot of – they've made a lot of mistakes. Um Unfortunately, you know, the, the ATF is a body of people and people do make mistakes. Right. So there's going to be things that are going to go wrong. Um, the ATF actually did. Uh, they had an operation going a couple years back. I can't remember where it was, but it was close to the Mexico border mm-hmm. because they were doing doing something. I, I don't know the details of this. So don't let me get it wrong. You have to, to search this. But um, they were doing something near the border where they were. Um, dealing with like firearms and they were trying to figure out where like stolen firearms were going like as they were going over the border and then a bunch of the firearms that they were supposed to be tracing got stolen out of their warehouse right like all the the fire, not just firearms but like parts and ammunition and all that mm-hmm. stuff got stolen like without them knowing about them getting stolen so they couldn't put in place what they needed to put in place to track them yeah. and now there's just a bunch of stolen guns out there that the ATF like is stolen so that was like one of the things they were grilling him about was like you guys are are constantly on like i've had my ffl i'm i'm getting out of it now but i've had my ffl since 2015 and they're constantly on us about like if we lose a firearm or if we you know if something gets stolen yeah. they're all over us you know yeah. checking everything to you know with a fine tooth comb they're always on our citizens like they're always harping on citizens and yelling yelling at citizens about like leaving their guns in their cars because yeah. they will absolutely get stolen out of your car let me just say that a second time if you leave your gun in your car overnight it will get stolen yeah, that happens a lot. If it, yeah, if, if it hasn't happened yet, it will happen. Do Agreed. not leave your gun in your car overnight. It's going to happen eventually. People love stealing stealing guns, but um, very interesting to watch uh, that this whole thing play out. But as of right now, we don't have any relief on that ATF pistol brace rule. You have to figure something out at least for the time being, because the bump stocks ban to, for that to come back down took uh, you know four or five years or, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this yeah. will take a minute for them to make things happen. Yeah, this- that seems. You go ahead. I was going to ask: Is it similar to? Remember, there was the assault rifles ban years ago. Yeah, yeah, ninety four, right. I believe. It was. And then uh, I think the term was the sunset on it. Like they had to, they put it in place, and then they had to re-vote on it, and it failed the second time. Mm. So this is a similar, like a cycle. Very similar, absolutely okay. right. Um, and this is another one of those times where, like, I try to tell people to be calm. Like, mm-hmm. keep fighting, but be calm. This is not the end. Like, there's been assault weapons banned. The the one in 90, it, it was two or four. I believe it was four. But the mm-hmm. one in 94 was probably the worst. I say the worst. It was probably the harshest one that we've ever seen in the gun community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was under Bill Clinton. But um, I I don't see, I believe it was under Clinton. I wasn't. I was there, but I was, like, really young. But I'd have to look into that again. That sounds right. I think 94 was Clinton. Mm-hmm. But, um 
I know that he was the one that was pushing for it pretty heavy. And uh, I, I we've been here before with the you know with the assault weapons bans and thing. And that was a nationwide, as I understand it. Uh, right now, the assault weapons bans we're seeing like uh, Washington's doing it. It's cool for them. Illinois is doing it, but it's getting fought by the Supreme Court as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people are kind of there, there are states that are I won't say a lot. There's a few states that are jumping on that bandwagon, but the media will tell you that it's just an everywhere pandemic or like the the YouTubers that that feed off of like you watching their videos because you think this is the end of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. They will tell you that this is everywhere and it's just taken over and, and it's such a terrible thing. Um, it's certainly not everywhere yet, but it is something that um, you know that we have to make sure that we stay on top of and try to squash. What'd you find? Ninety four. Ninety four. <clears throat> Excellent. So, um, were that, you, what'd you say? That seems to be kind of. I mean, the climate that I hear. Uh, you know, I'm not so much into that community as much as I was. You know, five years ago or whatever, ten years ago. But the general kind of opinion from most people is. You know, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing and it's going to flip around and change so many times that. And then, you know, I have a quite a bit of empathy for folks because there's so much to keep up with. You're right. You know what I mean? It's right. It's a lot of stuff. You know, you walk into a gun store and you see all these guns and some of them you can buy right then. Some of them you have to you used to have to wait for a permit or get a permit. <laughs> and then some of them you have to register and some of it's like geez, yeah, tax man. stamps and the whole it's deal. It's like good mm. God. Yeah. Wow. And this is this is another one of the arguments that Congress keeps bringing up to like the, the director of the ATF, you know, and, and even the NFA, like there's a lot of talk right now that I've never really seen before about like defunding the ATF and getting yeah. rid of the NFA and things like that. So I like that. They Defund are the ATF. <laughs> yeah, I, I no, I, I agree. I, I and I should go away. I've completely. had a I've had a gun store for a long time. I, I do think that um, it would be possible for, like, the FBI to step up and take over uh, a lot of whatever that responsibility would be that, mm-hmm. that they would need to take over from the ATF. And then a lot of these things, I think, um, less regulation wouldn't really change anything for the average gun buyer. And I don't think, you know, bad guys are going to get the same guns that they've always gotten either mm-hmm. way. You yeah. know, so... They're not going through the process. That's exactly... They're not going through the... Strangely enough, right? Mm-hmm. Strangely enough. Most of the full-auto weapons in America, and I say most, I can't remember the exact percentage, but most of the full-auto weapons in America are in the hands of uh, felons. Of course. Let's, let's be honest about that. And that's that's worldwide, mm-hmm. right? Um, the majority of them have not gone through the process, and they really didn't pay much of anything for you know for those weapons. They d- filed whatever they had to file, and when I say file, I don't mean paperwork. I mean like yeah, right? actual or, metal filing. And drill, yeah, <laughs> drill, drilled the extra holes and things like that to uh, to if, make it happen. If I own a normal pistol or a normal long gun or a normal shotgun, I don't have to get online and no, and change. you don't have to do anything. And that's why I switched. Like rather than. Uh, keep dealing with the like because I I think AR pistols are cool like I've had Mark 18s and stuff like that that were really fun that's a it's like a ten and a ten point three inch barrel uh, Daniel Defense which is a really fun little rifle however everything is is uh, works more as it should mm-hmm. like as it was designed to when you go to like fourteen point five to sixteen to eighteen twenty whatever reliability that's yeah. exactly right like everything goes up as you get to those longer barrels. So I really didn't lose anything. You can still have very lightweight, longer rifles. Um, you know, I, I hear people all the time making reference to, like, a truck gun, you know, or things like that. They like to have something. I, I hear this a lot. Uh, only carry my handgun because it, it's so I can fight till I get to my truck, right? Well, in concealed carry land in our world, FBI says you get three seconds or less, three rounds or less, three feet or less. Right, that's the that's the statistics, and that's majority of interactions, uh, social interactions in concealed carry world. If you understand what I'm saying, 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. So within those three rounds, you don't you don't get to get to your truck. Like you don't you don't you you fight with whatever you have on your person at the time, and you most likely do not have any sort of an AR or an AK or any whether it's a pistol or not. You don't have it in your pants. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So what I try and and what I try to inspire people to do, or what I try to kind of I won't say convince, but what I always try to promote people doing is get as good as you possibly can with what's on you all the time. Like whatever you carry and you can carry and you do carry, don't rely on being able to get to your truck because things happen too fast. Nobody is waiting on you to run to your truck. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah. And and the interactions that we have in our day to day lives, you don't have that time. Like it's you have to be able seek. to. Like I'm not gonna. That's count. exactly. <laughs> it's not Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, that's what you. they. You know, that's where you see it all is Hollywood. So yeah, that's just not reality. <clears throat> we 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 give ourselves like as men, we like to give ourselves these cushions all the time. Like my the cushion is, <clears throat> I can't shoot my handgun very well, and I'm not very proficient with it. So I know I'm proficient with my rifle because I have three points of contact. I've got mm-hmm. my shoulder. I've got a hand. I've got a hand i can do rifle things so i tell myself in my mind that if something popped off i would run to my truck or i would run to wherever so i could get my rifle that is not going to happen in real mm-hmm. life right yeah. you don't have this kind of time you have to take care of business right then and you have to train like you if you want to be the sheepdog right if you want to be the protector and you think that's a role that you're going to play train for playing that role with whatever you have on you already do you guys carry i don't, I don't think i've ever even asked you do you oh, yeah. conceal okay what do you usually oh, yeah. carry i don't i don't think i did I, think you said, I thought you were a smith guy for some reason i thought you were a shield a, guy yeah i have a couple shields um and i have several g19s yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm the same way <laughs> you know uh, I'm the same way but yeah every day uh it's g19 for sure cool. i can put that thing behind any vehicle and drag it to where I want to go yeah. and still pick it up and now, it's going to work. Do you, do you like the Gen 5 or are you one of those like purists that stays with like the one? The one Let's not get it twisted. There's nothing about me in any aspect of my life whatsoever that is pure. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> not even my gun. So no, uh, I like progression of firearm technology. Same. I, I, I like the idea that it's constantly... There's people constantly innovating, uh, so no, I'm not a, a purist. I think I have, I think I've got a Gen One G17, two Gen Three 19s. I don't have a five. Um, so you're, you're carrying I've, a Gen Three 19. Gen Three 19. Wow. There has been it's been altered to look just like the the new ones. You know, get rid of the finger grooves and all that good stuff. You know, they're kind of worthless, but cool. they work for some people. But for right? some people, not me. That's right. So. Um, and plus, I like things smooth that are rubbing on my skin. I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of heavy stippling on the understood on that side. And, and that that goes the same for like with your shirt. Like when you're trying to get your shirt out of the way for like yep. draw and fire things yep. like that. Like heavy stippling can absolutely hinder you. Sure. More than it helps you a lot of times. Um, yep. The Gen One Seventeen. I feel like any Glock person. I have a Gen One Seventeen as you well. You have to have one. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're not oddly enough uh, they're not that expensive, which yeah. is just crazy to me like on gunbroker you can still find them i mean they're more expensive than a regular clock but they're still not astronomically ex- i don't understand like why i don't understand how they they because they definitely ain't making no more since like 86 or some right. shit <laughs> whenever they stop That's making right. that i don't know do you carry yeah Steve? i've got a model 27 and a model 22 yep. you're a 40 guy mm-hmm. yeah and a 23 but that one doesn't <laughs> you don't like it um if you like it then i like it that's right? exactly right if you carry it then 
That's fine. If you shoot mm-hmm. it well, yeah. That's if right. you train with it, then you absolutely, yep. then you're good to go. So tell me why you made that face. Now, don't change anything because of our conversation, uh-huh. yeah. okay? Tell me why you made that face, because I know why I made that face. <laughs> I'm going to have every single person who's exactly. 40, to, 40 they're, years they're old going to or help. over. They're, they're going to hurt they're you. Gonna, <laughs> they're going to come hunt me. You are hated. For sure. Uh, I mean, the age of 40 seems to go I, with 40 for some reason. That's the generation. That's, yeah, my father, yeah. same way. Yep, they live and die by the 40. I don't like the heaviness of 45, and I don't like not having enough ass in the nine. So, uh, that, hold uh, on, that, that term, knockdown power. That's it. Don't yep. forget so, that. So, um, no, I mean, personal opinion, I think the 40 is a silly round. Uh, there's not a lot, lot, lot of it. There's a lot, lot, lot of 45, and there's a lot, lot, lot of nine. Um, That's true. That's interesting. Ammo hunting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's, I, I like the ease mm-hmm. of having, you know, pretty much anywhere you go in is going to have 45 and nine. Uh, and also, I would prefer the extra rounds versus the 40 that has a little bit more knockdown, has less penetration. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I prefer, and the recoil. To me, the recoil is not worth the sacrifice and what you get. So this is exactly what I usually see. Um, me coming from being on the gun sales side of the counter and slowly evolving into the training side, I got to see so much. When I was on the gun sales side of it, I got to see so much of like males influencing the women in their lives more than um, probably needed to happen. And I'm saying this out loud, like into the microphone so that some of these guys that are, that are listening can, you know, can, can kind of maybe make this adjustment because they may not even realize they're doing it. Mm-hmm. But like when they're in the gun store and a female um, picks up a particular firearm or even if they've, they've done like a training session or something and they shot like a 22 or 380, whatever the smaller calibers are, and they shot them very pr- proficiently, right? Mm-hmm. And they did not shoot the larger calibers as proficient, right? But um, the male in their life, whether it be a husband or boyfriend or whatever, is saying, no, you can't carry those smaller bullets. You have to carry something that's got some knockdown power, right? Got to well, have the 38. Got to have, yeah, got to <laughs> oh, stop this. No, no, it's 38, bro. Gotta it's have like it. the worst on the planet <laughs> for, for things like this, right? So we all feel very, as, as men, we all feel very very like confident that the damn thing's going to go off right although i've definitely seen 38s have malfunctions and jam up just like everything else when primers get deformed and things like that however um the 40 cows and the 45 i I think most of the time they'll keep their women away from the 45s but like the 45 excuse me the 40 cows and even the nine millimeters like a lot of times if you get a small nine millimeter if you don't shoot a lot male or female you can't shoot it worth a shit you know but particularly that's exactly right it's too slappy but particularly like like a brand new glock 43 most women that don't do anything with firearms can't pull the slide back because it's a it's a small stiff firearm like it's very stiff from the factory but i just see so many times especially whenever i was in the you know the sales side of it Men don't care. They're like, well, we'll figure that out. You just, you can't have, you know, them smaller bullets. You got to have something that's, that's got some stuff about. What are you going to do? Piss them off when you shoot them with a 22? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I used to hear it all the time. Yeah. And that's a very um, primitive thing to say. You know, it's a very um, um, uneducated or it, it kind of sounds ignorant a lot of times whenever we hear things like that, in, in the, especially on the training side of it now. Like, I will, I will assure you, if I am training someone and they accidentally shoot me in my stomach with a 22, it's not going to be good. There's a good chance I will die. Mm-hmm. Like whether you want to admit it or not, High probability. Th- that's exactly right. Like, and it's it's we see, all, all the, the probably a big majority of all the violence we see on the streets is from small mm-hmm. caliber stuff. Like by small, I'm not talking. I mean like 22, 380. That's really common. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really Ab- common. Absolutely right. And it's another thing. Um, 
I think we we get in this habit of just like our boogeyman can never be stopped, right? Like we, whatever our boogeyman is in our head, we think we have to have cannons and, and shit to, to mm-hmm. take that, you know, to take that into consideration. I just I That's try the to case you could just go like full on Mel Gibson and just get tomahawks like in the Patriot. Oh, oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We're going primal now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah dude. You want knockdown power? Do Chuck it. Chuck a tomahawk at somebody <laughs> and learn learn how to get good That's at that. Right. There you go. Yeah. They'll stop. Something. I promise. They'll be so they'll be so, they'll be so surprised. So, <laughs> Can't you just see a tomahawk just hitting you in the chest? I just got like, stuck with a tomahawk. Yeah. What? The <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> Why is this happening? Yeah. No, I dude, I I absolutely try to tell people, and that's the same thing with your tomahawk theory. Like, if you can get rounds on target, it's more effective than having something that's too much. Like, if she's scared of it and she won't train with it, like a lot of the larger calibers, mm-hmm. she's scared. She she won't train with it. It's not doing her any good. Right. Like she has you have to get her something that she enjoys shooting at first. If she wants to progress and grow. I had to do this with Tila. Tila was an awful shot at first. Like we, we did the Glock 43 thing. We did the Glock 19 thing. We did the 43 X thing. Like we tried all of it and she was terrible. So we just put her down to like the they just come out with the Glock 44, the 22 cal. Yeah. Right. And we put her down to that. And dude, she shot tens of thousands of rounds, like tens of thousands of rounds. And now she shoots everything well everything right nice. because of that yeah. natural progression she has a confidence she understands what she's doing and she knows how to put rounds on target she understands the fundamentals and i, I try to it's it, it's so hard like when males come train with me for the first time like I, I do a lot of private lessons is the majority of what i do an hour at a time and when males come out to me for the first time you can always see that they're very nervous right because they're in a, an uncomfortable situation sure. number one but they don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. And like I try to just yesterday when I was running some exercises with Matt, like I let him see that as we're pushing ourselves, we all fail. Mm-hmm. Like I absolutely don't hit the target every time. I the shooting handguns is so fucking hard. Yeah. It's so hard to shoot them effectively and quickly and proficiently. Um, we will all continue to fail with handguns forever. Like sure. I, I don't know how I've never really seen you shoot. But That's like a good thing, I would imagine <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine it's the same way though, right? Like I, I've never even the best shooters that I know, we still have those those flyers all the time. Like we pull low because we got too excited, like low and left or whatever. Yeah, when I was shooting competition heavy, you know, I shot three guns, so and I I hated uh when you would go through uh sections of field of fire, you're going through uh, you know, the next stage or whatever, and there was uh pistol required targets. I would be like, Oh no, <laughs> Oh, I've ruined this Saturday. Really <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, pistol I struggle with a lot. So I had to dedicate a lot of time to be able to be consistent and just you know, you get around folks. I'm sure a lot of their intimidation is, is you know they see you on the internet, they see you doing the stuff on social media, and they're like, I have to impress him for whatever reason. Right. Yeah, you know, it's the ego thing. It's mm-hmm. like. So, I mean, never be that way. And I'm sure you guys see the same shit in the fire training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, yeah, like absolutely. they don't want to fail. I would be the same way if I stepped into y'all's. We've talked about me doing some of y'all's trainings before. I'd mm-hmm. be sad, dude, I'd be shaken, right? Because I would want to succeed in right. front of my friends. I wouldn't want to look stupid. Um, as males, we have to get past that. Like we have to figure out how to continue to grow, even if sometimes it involves us falling down. Like I think one of the things that people like about whether it's sparring with me, whether we're in the gym fighting or rolling around, 
um, I don't mind losing. Like I enjoy losing. I enjoy kind of getting beat on mm-hmm. sometimes and things like that because like I'm learning. I, I'm processing everything they're doing to defeat me, which is great because the next time I'll I'll have a pretty good. And I'm still mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna let it happen. Like I'm I'm not going to to go beat people up at the gym when they're they're new to it. That's that's fucking stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wins. Nobody learns anything. However, you can learn from everyone and. One of the most dangerous people that you can train in a gym is like a new person. They right. are going to injure you, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. especially like when we're doing jujitsu and, and stuff like that. Like my right ear is so sore right now. I don't know if you noticed it's like it's swollen up right now. Bad. It's got the got the thing. But um, when they're when we're teaching them like a lot of the ground stuff and like they're learning how to swing around on your body and things, man, they will crush you like they will absolutely destroy you learning it. But they're learning. You know, and that's the most important part. And it's got to be the same thing with shooting. It's got to be the same thing with fire department. It's got to be the same thing with whatever you're doing, especially when it's dangerous things, though. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this before on, on, on probably you guys' podcast because I talk about it all the time. But we, we put guns on, like, this pedestal. Like, it's the most dangerous thing that we do, right? Like, this is the most dangerous thing on Earth because mm-hmm. it's a gun. And it's designed to kill people. And that's not – I can't think of one time that anybody's come out to that range and they've said, I'm here to learn how to kill people. Right. Correct. Like, this is not the and everybody out there's probably cringing right now, but mm-hmm. this is not how any of us see this. Like I we learn how to shoot paper. I drew a bunch of little small circles on the paper yesterday. We put holes in those circles. This is the mentality of of the vast majority of people that are going to a gun range. Like paper they, bad guys. They, that's exactly <laughs> right. Like we, we want to learn how to just make the bullet go wherever we want it. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's when we're thinking about our growth, that's what we need to be growing toward is doing that and doing that safely. We just had somebody yesterday get, get hit on a bicycle, like get killed on a bicycle, you know, right, right here in town. Like that's a dangerous thing. Right. But we mm-hmm. don't think about it as dangerous because it's not a gun. Mm-hmm. We do dangerous things every day that we need to take more seriously. You guys see it more than anybody yeah. with driving, with, with the wrecks that y'all go to. Yeah, Marcus Street, Carolina Beach You're Road. like, man, yeah. this could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the RIP t- tattoos that I have, I don't have one RIP tattoo from somebody with a gun. I have many RIP tattoos from motorcycle riders, you mm-hmm. know, guys that I've known that, that went down and, and, you know, paid the price, like the, the, the price that, that sometimes we pay. So I, you know, I, I think we need to to start thinking about more things in our life with like the same responsibility that we, but also, you know, put putting the same amount of training into our into our firearm stuff as we're putting in some of these other things. Like I, I always tell people, it's like mileage on your car. Like if you have zero miles on your car and you've never driven a car before, you're going to suck. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Um, as you get more and more miles on that car and you've driven more and more miles, you get better and better. Bullets are the same way. You know, like you you Completely have to agree. you have to shoot bullets to to keep going with it. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. We should um, we should start getting in here like once a month to keep people updated on gun laws. I don't mind doing that at all. I I don't want to ever. Um, my my goal is always like I don't want to get repetitive to where like because a lot of this stuff doesn't change real fast. But I I feel like people hearing just. A lot of time, we need that reminder sometimes, like hearing sure. somebody say, "Hey, man, you need to go out and maybe shoot some rounds." Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you get together with like, an, there's some good instructors around here. Like, talk to any of them and like see if you can go do a session with them or go to your local indoor range. We got range time, range time over there off, off of Gordon, I believe. We got best shot. No, wait, maybe I had that backward. I can't remember, but th- there's multiple um, indoor ranges here in town. There's some at ranges just outside of town. Get with an instructor. T- call Matt Hoffman. And then He'll I'm going to tell you. you to call Dane. He's a <laughs> <laughs> but the, dude, it, 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 uh, we have to stop with the uh, with the 
masculinity thing, you know, with this, um, with the, and this is the same with it. Like I'm going out to that long range today. I, I promise you I'm the only guy with a haircut this dumb. <laughs> and, and every guy that's walking around that gets out of his Toyota Tacoma, cause that's what they all drive. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's near Jayville. <clears throat> so every guy that gets out of his Toyota Tacoma <laughs> will eyeball the shit out of me. Like they're all going to look at me. <laughs> You good over there? <laughs> That's what they all drive, dude. It's and so it's true. usually it's usually like a like a tan, you know, or like that gray color, like that that dolphin gray or whatever. But um, army for what? That's <laughs> so I don't I don't um, you know I, I I see so much of it, and I just wish uh, I wish it wasn't. But it's it's never gonna go away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish we could we could do more training. Like we're all in this to like if we're all out there at the long range, we're all there to grow, mm-hmm. right? Like we're all there to, to practice and try to learn. It's lit- literally the same. In my opinion, I get the same therapy as somebody who likes golf. Like it's the same shit. I'm yeah. lobbing these things out there to hit these steel targets, um, and I I uh, I wish people would just interact more like that. Like we don't have to do the. Yes, the gun community is weird. It's like everybody's got to be got to be better. You got to have the certain uh, bravado about you when you're a, somebody in the gun world mm. and all that. It's not the same as uh, I guess that's probably any physical guns uh, fighting. You probably see that quite a bit in fighting. Always, yeah. But it's never like the super proficient people who are like that. We talked exactly about right. that earlier exactly with right. the instructors that we just you know chatted with at the conference. You know, it's the it seems like it's the the mediocre people who are trying to make the names for themselves, and they got to poke their chest out the biggest. And it's it's like what that everybody that sees that going on is like, yeah, that's that's what not going to make that name. Yeah, what that's are you true. Doing that's that's very and that's um uh you were talking about it being in the fight. I don't see it in the fight gym as much. Like in, in Mr. Maynard's gym, I I rarely ever see it because we spar so much. Yeah, that's that's almost instantaneous feedback too. That's though. exactly right. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's, it's exactly right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you come in with that attitude, you will spar someone in there. I'm telling you, there's monsters in there, and they will humble you. Yeah. And you that that's the difference in like the gun thing and the sparring thing. Like you can fight people in the gym. Like we can all fight, mm-hmm. and we can see. We can't run around having gun fights. So how are you going to prove it? Right. How are you going to prove that you're a great shooter? I don't even think it's it's humbling if it's a humbling experience uh, to be showed up that way. If you approach it with the mindset of being humbled. Otherwise, uh, the killers in the gym and everything else, they're not humbling that person. They're exposing that person. Oh, yeah. Which is embarrassing. Yeah, I bet y'all, I bet y'all never have that in fire stuff, right? In no. trainings? Yeah, never. Steve will put somebody on their knees right now. Stop it. Oh, yeah. You stop it. Yeah, a little, little quiet Steve over here. You stop <laughs> it. You quit it. Um, yeah. No, but I'm sure y'all see that all the time, though, whenever y'all are doing your your drills and stuff like that, right? Like, people do probably come in with the chest out thing, and then mm-hmm. things are a little harder than what they thought or something. Like, yeah, or yeah. the or they uh, you know they kind of skate around, if you will. So if the object of the, if the object is to push this cup across the table as efficiently as possible... Uh, they'll, you know, kind of skate around to maybe outskirt the imperfections mm-hmm. in what they can do. So they'll come up with an excuse or they'll make an excuse for the lack of proficiency, which in our world is a big deal. Yeah, training on the training grounds, it's not technically such a big deal, but uh, improper or repetitive failure without correction uh, results in two seconds in deploying a hose line where somebody might not live because mm. of that two seconds. Got it. And that's just uh, an excuse that we can't have. So, um, 
probably in the fight gym it's a lot easier to expose and it's kind of it's kind of necessary and it's to be expected mm. uh but you know with the softening of culture and everything that there is nowadays it's a little tougher so you're you're lucky in the sense that you don't have to worry about hurting people's feelings it's true so mm. that's um, true i'm envious of that we continuously have to worry about hurting yeah. uh people's feelings and how they might feelings. feel yeah yeah and um then you get to go to uh hr mm. so, so, <laughs> again so, so. <laughs> so how do um how does it play into you guys like i constantly run into um people have a hard time understanding or believing or, or maybe wanting to believe like that i um I'm a proficient shooter, and like I train people how how to shoot like safely and effectively, but I don't have any um, real credentials. So like it would be <laughs> right. That, well, hear me out. So it would be like military, law enforcement, um, things like that. Like since I they, they ask me over and over, like especially the older guys for some reason I don't know why, but they ask me. You so you've never been you you weren't mil- prior military or. You've, you've never been a cop or anything like that? No, You've man, never like, shot anybody in the face, so right. how can you possibly be good at shooting <laughs> this paper? That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I, I, I understand it. I understand thought process. But, but do understand that a lot of times some of the best people that you can learn from are people that enjoy whatever they're doing. Like it's their hobby, and they got good at it. They developed it because it was their hobby or it was their escape, mm-hmm. right? Like it was something they enjoyed. I, I, I don't ever... Um, claim to be anything that I'm not. I will tell you, though, I have a lot of confidence in my ability to make people better. Mm-hmm. And my goal is always to make people better than me. I just had a guy yesterday, uh, that, the Matt guy, so the, the Jack dude, um, came out there and shot very well, right? Uh, like unexpectedly well, because we had never we had never shot together. And he was very humble about, you know, I shoot a little bit this and that. But he had a great base whenever he got there. And within an hour, we had him, you know, his base was, was even better, you know, and it, it made me, I felt, I had, I had trained for, for a little while before he got there, so like I was already a little bit tired, I'm going to go ahead and throw that excuse out there, yeah, but nice. I felt the pressure, mm-hmm. which is which is what I want, I want that pressure, and I started fucking up, I started shooting worse, right? because I felt the pressure from him doing better, mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, like, I, I would keep it together, you know what I mean? <laughs> but this is good. You can't outshoot me. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. We need this, like, we yeah. need that pressure on us, and every now and then we need that, that check that mm-hmm. ego check that reality check like um you guys you know we always say at the fight gym one of the, the best things i ever heard from mr maynard um he's always said the hardest thing about becoming an older man is young men fear you less that's and right the fire thing will be that I'm, I'm i don't know if it's the same way or not because i ask people about y'all all the time y'all don't y'all don't know this but i'm like constantly if i know that people are interacting with firehouses that, that y'all are at or interacting with y'all's people i always ask them without me even saying i know y'all i ask them um, what they think of y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think of this guy or this? And they never have anything negative to say about either one of you. Ooh, you're just asking the wrong people then. Yeah. Maybe so. They must yeah. not know us. Maybe so. They don't know you They don't know you good enough yet. <laughs> I think 79% but think I'm an asshole. That's, that's okay. Yeah. But they, they, they may say you're an asshole, but they say you're a good captain. It's, it's captain, correct? Mm-hmm. They say you're a good captain. Like and that's that they um I, you're you're still driving correct yes and they say that you're you're good at your at what you do you you are in a good pl- place for 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 what you're doing right now mm-hmm. like I think that's all we can ask for like is to be good at our job my mm-hmm. job is to make people better I'm damn good at that mm-hmm. I'm not a very good shooter I'm really good at making you a better shooter do you know what I'm saying absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah. Th- this is our role yeah you were speaking earlier about uh, the credentialing and stuff like that um. Back when I was shooting three gun pretty heavy, there was two guys that uh, were probably still are. I've been out of that 
seen for a minute, but probably still are uh, the greatest of all time when it comes to three-gun competition. And they were not military. They were not uh, law enforcement. They were hobbyists. Mm -hmm. And they made a new living for themselves uh, by going and teaching contracting, teaching special forces guys how to shoot. Yeah, it man. had less to do with, they didn't teach them tactics. They didn't teach them stuff like that. They taught them shooting. And this guy is the greatest on the planet at doing that. There's something we can learn from him. Mm-hmm. This is, the, the way he just worded that is exactly how I'm going to start wording it. I'm not here to teach you tactics. I'm yeah. here to teach you how to shoot a gun. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, safely and effectively. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the guy for tactics. Like, you know, I'm not the guy to teach uh I'm not the guy to teach our engine companies on how to deploy hose. I've been on a ladder truck since 2009. But I can teach you how to cut a hole in a roof better if you're ever asked to. I can mm-hmm. teach or you search. how to search or bang ground ladders or whatever I, because that's what I do. Uh. I need to learn how to pull hose better. I'm <laughs> I'm definitely guilty about it. I need to pull hose better. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all need to pull hose a little better. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. So, all the firefighters out there, mm-hmm. y'all feel me? Yeah, pull, pull more hose. Well, it's a whole, yes, you can never pull enough hose. Let's be honest about it. Um, I yeah. know you're. Uh, I know you're pressed for time, sir. Did yeah. we get everything on your notes? Yeah. So the the majority of what I have here is just kind of going through um, <laughs> multiple different states, and I kind of touched on them just briefly as we were going through it. But multiple different states have so many things going on right now. Like if anybody's following, did you know Washington just implemented? Well, Washington State just implemented another assault weapons ban as well. So like we can't um, we can't really do anything with with weapons right now. Now the with Washington. Now the issue with that is. The, they're fighting it right now, obviously, because they have to prove, and I've got my notes here just so I make sure I get this right, but um, in this House bill, it has to, to be proven for this to like make law and like stay in place. It has to be proven that the, the AR-15s or that these assault weapons are dangerous and unusual. Dangerous and unusual. So the argument is an AR-15, what would be your number that you think? Like how many, how many AR-15s do you think are floating around America? Just America. Millions. There's got to be a lot. Tens of millions. They're saying just pistol braces, there's probably upwards of 40 million pistol braces in America. So imagine how many... (laughs) (laughs) That's a number, man. Imagine how many AR-15s, just standard rifle AR-15s are floating around. So would you say that an AR-15 is unusual? Absolutely not. Dangerous? Yeah. So is your car. So Mm -hmm. is your bicycle. So is your skateboard. Absolutely dangerous. However, unusual... I'm going to say probably not. So I'm very curious to see if Washington can w- can hold what they're doing. And Illinois is going to have to prove the exact same thing because Illinois is trying to do the assault weapons ban. And you know how um, um, well the gun ban is done with, like, Chicago and places like that. So I'm <laughs> sometimes whenever I say things, I only say it so that I can look over and watch uh-huh. him give me the turkey eye. Like, <laughs> like works, a turkey does well in Chicago <laughs> and New York and California. Works, yeah, they all work well there. So if you guys haven't looked into it already, uh, speaking of New York, New York is is fighting uh, the Supreme Court, I believe, right now because the Supreme Court keeps saying. So are y'all familiar with uh, New, like New York State versus V. Bruin? New York State versus Bruin. Nope. That was like a year or two ago. So maybe it was longer than that now. But that was a case that basically said that like New York has been 
keeping people from being able to defend themselves under the Second Amendment with handguns, mm-hmm. right? With their concealed carry, that they wouldn't have a let people get concealed carries and things like that. So they were keeping people from being able to defend themselves with firearms. So New York State v. Bruin basically said that like um, that was unconstitutional, and that New York has to start coming up with a system where people can get a concealed carry permit again, whether it be through concealed carry courses or whatever it is that they decide to do. And New York State is still the, the state of New York is still fighting them, mm-hmm. like still saying they're not going to do it. They are defying the Supreme Court, bro. Like how how do people not get in trouble for not? If I didn't do what the court told me to do, where would I be? In jail. In jail. Yeah. So how is it that an entire state can defy the Supreme Court? This whole, this whole like, baby back bitch, defy everything mentality has has really, like, it's, like, confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how they're still getting away. So right now they're fighting the Supreme Court because they don't want to. And, and New York finally has a win with that New York State v. Bruin. But um, the cool thing about that win is it's saying that, like, we all in the U.S., not just New York. They're saying that, like, in the U.S., we have the right to be able to protect ourselves with under the Second Amendment with, mm-hmm. a, with a firearm. But there's a lot of states that are, you know, they're still fighting it. So I, there's not much that you can really do um, about states that want to defy until there's some kind of something, you know, that there's some kind of... Um, Resolution. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And uh, if you're defying the Supreme Court, you don't really fear anyone. <clears throat> it's the same as... It's the same as uh, businesses and whatnot who don't allow concealed carry. I mean, you have the ability to make a choice. You can either abide by the rules or just shop somewhere else. Mm-hmm. True story. You can go to New York if you want uh, and not carry your gun, or you can just not go to New York at all. Mm-hmm. So um, I understand it's important for the people here and everywhere else to kind of pay attention to what's going on. But uh, at the end of the day, it's still your choice. If you don't like the gun laws that are happening in New York, I mean... Okay, don't go to New York. Mm, I agree. Um, One thing that I wanted to bring up as well, recently a lot of people were asking me about, I don't know if you guys saw on the table um, here in North Carolina, one of the bills on the table was a constitutional carry Mm -hmm. bill. Did you see that was back up for grabs like a week or two ago? Um, That got struck down. One of the, Tom, Tom somebody, I can't remember the guy's last name, but he kind of, as soon as it went up, he basically struck it back down, saying that like we didn't need to go into this right now because we just um, we just passed the new law where like people don't have to get pistol purchase permits. I don't right. know if you guys followed that oh, one yeah. as well, but Absolutely. now we we basically in the in the gun stores they do like a background check on the spot, just like they've been doing with rifles and shotguns. People don't have to get a pistol purchase permit if they don't have a concealed carry. So he was saying that like since we just did that, we don't need any more two A legislation right now, so we don't need to worry about this constitutional carry thing. Well. Behind the scenes, as you look more and more into it, the NRA had a lot of influence on that decision as well. Now, Matt Hoffman, let me ask you, and and I try not to get into these because when I'm talking to a, a big audience like this, I try to stay objective. Mm-hmm. But I cannot hide the fact that I think the NRA is slime in a lot of ways. Um, so I do want to ask you, sir. What are your thoughts on the NRA striking down the constitutional carry, uh, like being a big factor in striking down the constitutional carry in North Carolina? Well, um, that's, I mean, the root of all evil is the money green. I mean, mm-hmm. is the color green. Mm-hmm. So the more pistols that are sold is less rifles that are being sold, uh, which is in their name, National Rifle Association. Okay. So they're advocates of bringing awareness and bringing popularity to their name. Okay. Um, I... 
agree with you in the fact that the NRA is, for the majority, that's 99.9% slime. Um, they're just political lobbyists, essentially, just like Walmart and Target and, you know, every, every other massive organization. They're the same. They're no different. Um, but they seem to serve the people less and their uh, objectives more. So I think probably that was set into motion so they'll sell less pistols. They like I'm, rifles. I'm shocked to hear that. Like, I I never would have dreamed so that, me, that I would have heard that. So let me run this by you. Whenever we have to get our credentials for mm-hmm. becoming concealed carry instructors, mm-hmm. who we got to take first? Who's, whose classes do we have to take first and pay that couple hundred bucks or whatever? NRA. Exactly. I had to go to NRA. had to go through the NRA courses before I was even able to go to the, See where I'm going with this? To the Justice Academy exactly. people. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So if, they, if we make it constitutional carry to where everybody can carry and they don't have to take these NRA courses anymore. Then you lose all that revenue. Exactly right. So that's what it boils down to, you know, with with Money. a lot of these. That's exactly right. With a lot of these uh, these decisions, you know, that are being made. Even the renewal process for us is just you still you, have to have your NRA every year. Yeah, but you pay it. You pay money, and that's it. There's mm-hmm. no. I mean, there's no. Uh, I mean, there's no JPRs. There's mm-hmm. no evaluation if you're doing. I mean, that's not controlled by the NRA. That's controlled by. Uh, the Justice, Justice Academy, yeah, the That's Justice exactly right. Academy, and all that—they're the ones that are going to audit you, not the NRA. Correct, but but to keep your to keep your concealed carry instructor certification, you also have to keep your NRA certification, absolutely, which you have to update. I think it, uh, once a year, once every two years—I can't recall. Every two, every yep. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the same thing. Like it's that same racket where they lose all of that income, so they don't want you to be able to conceal to to get. Now the other side of that is, and I do let me let me get off my high horse. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the one that's always preaching about training. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you take away the concealed carry course and make it so that people just constitutional carry, they don't have motivation to train. They don't have motivation to go take that course. And I, I see the light bulbs come on. I know you have as well. Whenever we talk about the laws side of that course, especially, not just the, the actual training side, but, like, the law side, people are like, oh, my God, I didn't know you couldn't shoot people for just trespassing on your property. Like, I thought you could go outside and somebody was just they're on, on your, property on your or lawn. Or yeah. if they're still in your lawnmower That's or your right. car. Or you just go out there with guns yeah. blazing and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is, this is, it's very good for that reason. So I, I'm torn, obviously, but I do see that, like, money uh, runs everything. And once you have something that's as big a force as the NRA – they can sway these opinions that like affect you and me and like keep people from being able to have these freedoms. Mm-hmm. And I do understand, like I said before, I I am so pro train, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am the guy that will tell you, you need to be training and it's good that we have a concealed carry course, but it does kind of, it does kind of, uh, irk my nerves just a little bit, you know, whenever you see, um, that that you lose freedoms because these people would lose, would lose some money in, in the process. I have a naive understanding that I'll run by your lack of hope in humanity that if they take the rule away, then nobody will uh, hire a trainer or learn the rules. I, if there's rules in place and, and walls set up that everybody has to follow these rules, then I feel like that they rely on the rule and so they don't, they feel like they can't do wrong because if I just obey the rules, then I'm doing the right thing by default of, not doing the wrong thing. I think I have a hope that if you get rid of the the walls that don't really even make sense, then people would want to seek training and and now now there's no rules, so it's just an open free world. So, oh, I better 
train and get good at this. Man, that'd be maybe cool. It's, maybe it's naive. Yeah, it'd be neat if, um, <clears throat> and speaking on the laws part of what you were just saying, the laws section and the laws part is not taught in any NRA curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's only in concealed carry. Right. Uh, which is laws that every gun owner should know, period. Um, it would be neat if the NRA would get on with saying, hey, your Second Amendment right, you shouldn't have to carry a, you shouldn't have to have a concealed carry permit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your right to have a gun. It's your right to be able to conceal it if you so choose. That's your right. Uh, but here is some training curriculum mm-hmm. that you should be aware of. There's some things I guarantee you that you don't know. Uh, this is, and then push that stuff as much as they push the purchasing of permits and mm-hmm. you know the purchasing the money side of things. Push the curriculum. Push the Push the training side just as hard. I agree, and yeah. I think you'll get you'll get a, a more buy-in. Because anybody who's serious about <clears throat> being able to proficiently shoot a handgun, whether it be sport, hunting, self-defense, whatever, um, if they're serious about it, then they're going to find the training. So why not make that as easy as possible? Mm, I agree. I I just and this is I've got to kind of finish up with this one because I got to get out of here. But did you guys see that uh, Biden just put in? It was like thirteen, I think, executive orders or something along those lines about uh, nervous trying yeah. to trying to get. Um, uh, it, it was gun, basically around gun safety is what he was saying. Like he's trying to make um, trying to make schools safer with gun regulation, right? Um, I can't recall the 13, but they all revolved around um, like government webinars and information and like places that kids can go to read about things and like teaching kids about safety or, or things like that. Nowhere in those actions did he say anything about like putting more security in schools or like put, you know, making, taking schools from being a soft target to making it a hard target. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Like these are things that we don't like to talk about. And I, I cringe, you know, even today I was like very nervous about coming on here and even talking about the G word, the the gun stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, um, it's, we, we feel, we feel so, um, like we are, as gun people or gun owners, we feel like we are bad people. We're we're made to feel like we're bad people, and like that's a bad word, and we shouldn't talk about it anywhere. But it, it's not that way. Like this is literally one of the things that our country was founded on, yeah. and there, the vast majority of people are pro gun like us. We're just not the loudest. I I can't um, understand why. And this is what you were saying with information being available to adults. I absolutely agree with. Now they're talking about putting this information out there to, to kids and saying, hey, you kids read this stuff and it's going to make our schools safer. You're less likely to do something really stupid, you know, with, with a firearm. I don't agree that um, just giving them the information is the way. And I, I say this because I work in the schools and I work with these kids, not when they're in school and they're on school. I work with them after school whenever, like, we're doing dances or I'm doing proms or I'm doing – and, like, they can, you know, talk shit to me just like they talk shit to anybody else because I'm just a hired I'm, – I'm the DJ, right? Like, right. Why, do, why do they care? And I see how they disrespect me, and I, I, I know the songs that they're asking for, and I know what these songs are talking about. You putting any kind of educational uh, – like, if they don't want to read it, they're already not reading their math book. They're right. not going to read this webinar on a government website, right? Like, we have to be slightly more proactive, I think, in a lot of these things than just kind of putting... With adults, we can put the information there, and we can say, hey, here's this. You need to pay attention to this. 
kids don't understand how important these things are yet. Like they don't mm-hmm. have any idea. You have to be more proactive and, and try and uh, get to that, that ground level if at all possible. Um, we're not going to get into like how to save the world right now, mm-hmm. but um, nowhere in those executive actions di- did he ever say anything about, and we're going to up security. Um, at some point, you have to make things secure for them to be secure. You have to make it not easy. That's exactly right. The consequences have to be greater. I, I, yeah, that, that's, that's a really good way to put it. So if you want to educate kids on what happens with guns and bad decisions they make by taking guns to school and that, then what needs to be advertised and what needs to be blasted everywhere is the consequences of when that action takes place. It's true. Not, av- not, not prevention. Not let's get in front of this and it. Hopefully they'll educate it, but it'll work as an education piece because they care. Mm. The ones who would take the time to be educated on a government website are not the ones committing the absolutely the right. The, so you have to blast the consequences. This is a incentivized world we live in now. So the incentive in this side would be you won't end up like these people. That's exactly right. That's a good incentive, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, a, a one page cheat sheet. Like if this happens, then this will happen. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Like, like it should be known if if you are being attacked and your life is in danger and you use deadly force to correct that problem, mm. that shouldn't be a mystery. That right. that should be like understood from both sides. Right. Sure. Like if I this attack is the consequences. you, yeah, mm. then I'm risking my safety because I've decided that I want to hurt you. So that shouldn't be a mystery. (laughs) Shouldn't be a question, right? Because of us being so silenced, part of the issue right now is they're learning about this lifestyle and they're learning about firearms from the music. Mm -hmm. Gangsters. Exactly. And and a lot of the the things that they're glamorizing in these songs, they make it sound so easy and like you win every gunfight and you don't. Like this is the part that I can tell kids don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like they think as long as you have one, you'll win. Right, and that's not how this works. Like somebody out there will absolutely, you know, catch you, and and you'll have the the consequences we were just talking about before. But I, I see that you know when it, like I uh, when I DJ sometimes at like these these school functions, and like they'll say, I just want you to play what the kids want. You play whatever the kids want, and even as we're getting into like proms and stuff now, they're like, we don't want you to play the edited versions. We don't want it edited. We want these kids to have fun. Should find another DJ. These conversations. <laughs> are on the verge of being had mm-hmm. like like you just said like um it's the, the things that are being glamorized in a lot of this music and i'm telling you this because there's a lot of parents out there listening sure. like mm-hmm. yeah tiktok um and and uh a lot of the, the music that's out there now like it glamorizes the shit out of a gang banging lifestyle or like a lot of these things that um you know and, and a lot of times we're just singing it and yeah it's fun or whatever we just sing that you know we're not really gonna do it but are you like are after you hear it so many times you know do you think it's normal mm-hmm. you know i i have questions and i you know i i also remember like the early 90s like uh i remember garrett you know when it, my brother like i remember him listening to, to, to nwa and like um you know some some raunchy stuff back then as well mm-hmm. you know i just think um drugs now are so different you know like they're so much more prevalent then, which which sounds weird for me to even say. I'm sure they were prevalent back then as well, but there's so many different kinds now that um, aren't uppers. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not cocaine. It's downers, and that's yep. why all these kids say, "Well, I'm depressed. I'm depressed all the time." Well, it's because you're doing downers. You know, taking <laughs> pills and doing downers all the time. Like you, of course, you're depressed. Yeah. You know, so you know you have to make sure that you're monitoring uh, as parents, if if possible, try and monitor like what are they listening to and like, what's it actually saying? Mm-hmm. Not just like, Hey, I want to listen. There's not just a trap beat behind it. Like they're talking about Glocks 
talking about Dracos. You know, I don't know if you know what Dracos are. Mm-hmm. Now, Dracos, the little AK pistols, tiny little AKs. Nice. So, um, you, <laughs> when they're told something over and over, eventually it's it's normal. Yeah, as much as possible is uh, is I don't like that. I don't like the the verbiage of as much as possible. You can, I have two children. And you can be as involved as you're willing to commit your time to be involved. I'm sure Steve can second that. Uh, if there's something slipping through the cracks, you can't say, well, I tried my best. You can't say, that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between parenting and friendship. Mm. And nowadays we need parenting, not friends. I don't really care what my kids think of me and if they like me or whatever. I don't, I don't really care. Uh, me and my wife are very different with that. You know, she she likes to be the cool mom. She goes into the explanation of why after every time she says no and this and that. And I love her for it. That's her nurturing job. Mm. But me as a father, I don't I don't want to have to. I don't I don't. And this is not every situation by any means. But you know, sometimes there is a justification for why not or mm-hmm. no. Uh, and then sometimes there's not. I catch you doing something on the electronic. You can go watch me use my 2 AMM and shoot holes in it. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, there, I have a zero tolerance policy. Like John Matthew will be throwing, scrolling through YouTube shorts or something like that, and somebody will cuss, and I'll cut his eye, cut my eyes, and he's like, sorry, I didn't know. I was like, dude, you're going to hear that the rest of your life. You're going to be exposed to that kind of language the rest of your life. It's it's weird. It's, um, I don't know, it's it's a... It's a weird time to be a kid, that's for sure. I for can't, sure. I can't imagine. I agree with that. So. Now, uh, they, they talk about the we, – we had two incidents here in town recently. I'm not going to say what or where, but there was two gun incidents recently. Mm-hmm. They were like guns were taken to school fairly close to each other. Um, so I, I do have – you know, obviously there's a lot of questions surrounding stuff like that, but uh, people – you know, their, their first answer was always like to put metal detectors at the schools, and then everybody's like, oh, my God, you want to make it a prison? In the early 90s, like, they had to do the metal detectors things then. Like, this is not a new technology or a new thing or something mm-hmm. that's going to make it a prison or whatever. Like, I don't know. If, if you guys ever look at charts, like, if you look at a chart that says, like, crime rates over the last 30 years, it will show you a wave, like, mm-hmm. a liter- literal wave that goes up first and then down, 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 and then it spikes back up. It starts spiking back up at the, at the end of it. So this is, like, in the early 90s, right after the... Um, Oh, my word. Um, There was a law that somebody put into place where, like, they released a bunch of prisoners from, I believe it was Cuba. I'm going to mess this up. Um, uh, Marietta Boatlift. So they they released a bunch of, like, uh, drug dealers and and prisoners from, I believe it was Cuba. And they went all along the East Coast, wherever they could get to, right? Moved all along the East Coast. And they started all these drug rings on up and down the East Coast. I wasn't there. This is from me studying this because Mm -hmm. I look at these graphs all the time. So this was like late 80s, early 90s. Well, peak of violent crime, like the worst violent crime rates that we've ever seen since we started tracking it was like 91, 92. Did you guys – have you heard your parents say anything about, like, feeling unsafe or anything like that no, in the early 90s? I like I remember in 91 there was a, a riot at the at school, uh, Noble. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, I've never heard this answer. Everybody's – like, I asked my dad. He was like, I didn't feel unsafe. I didn't feel anything. Yeah. I was like, cool, Dad, because this was the highlight, the highest violent crime rate that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes down, 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 down from like 94 to 2019. And then we had obviously the pandemic and now everybody's, you know, wilding out and, and acting stupid again. And it's obviously going back up, mm-hmm. but we, we have to kind of watch there's a, a direct correl- a correlation. And I don't know which happens first, but like in the early nineties, the violent crime was way up and we saw the violent music come out. Like, music got very violent and it got kind of dark, right? Like, we saw we saw grunge come out of it and we saw the NWA come out of it. We saw a lot of things that were that were bad. And as it kind of goes down and people start kind of, you know, freaking out a little bit less or whatever, we're seeing this, this steady decline. And y'all look this up. Like, literally, you can find this FBI statistics online anywhere mm-hmm. if you Google it. And then as we get into the, you know, got into the pandemic, um, music starts getting more violent again. You know, people are, are unhappy, quote unquote. Are you unhappy or are you ingesting things? You know, that would be my question, but... Um, now violent crimes you know, start starting to go back up again. So um, I would say, you know, if you see things like this and these make you uncomfortable, and this is like the last thought that I, I've got to get out of here because mm-hmm. I, we just keep talking. We just we do this. We just talk. <laughs> if you see things like this and these are concerning to you um, for whatever reason, like you, you're scared, you're scared of violent crime, you're scared of what's going on in the world. Well, what is the answer? If you're if you're afraid, how do you how do you make that fear subside? Protect yourself. Train. Become more prepared. Become yeah. more prepared. Become. I, I tell people all the time, like you need to make yourself the weapon, so that whatever somebody is, whatever you're given, is your tool that you can use. Like you can mm-hmm. use any t- tool that you need to use. Tomahawk. A tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We both went there at the same time. If you make yourself prepared for any situation, you you create your body as the weapon then you don't have these fears anymore. I don't have these fears because I know that like I'll fight my way in or out of whatever I need to. And if it's too much, it's too much. I did everything I could possibly do. Right. I, I prepared myself in every way I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And if I, I, you know, if I end up, don't, don't win the battle, I don't, I don't win the battle. However, that, that comes out. Here's what it is. <laughs> where, cool. um, where can people find you directly for to get in touch with you for training? Yeah, easiest way is through Facebook, always. Um, DB Private Training is on Facebook. And uh, uh, I, I set up an Instagram, but, man, Instagram does not like me, bro. Right. I've done that, like, four or five times. And <laughs> they, uh, they, you know, they, the, first, the first thing they do is, like, they'll mute, what do they call it, shadow ban or whatever. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. nobody sees you. And then uh, yep. eventually they just start, like, deleting your stuff. You know, so uh, Facebook's usually the easiest way. And then DaneBritt.com. Oh snap! Yes, yeah, so if you go to Dan- yeah, and, and <laughs> if you go to DaneBritt.com, it's got like different subheadings for each thing that I do. So there's like the um, the stunt show stuff, and there's like the music stuff, the DJ stuff, the firearm stuff. There's a little bit of a little bit of all kinds of things on there, but that's an easy way to email me as well. Um, but highly, yeah, if uh, if you guys comment on this this below, will you guys be doing this on? Where is this getting posted? Everywhere, Where? everywhere, yeah. Spotify, Where? Spotify, YouTube, Spotify, Spotify yep. Apple. Sweet. Yep. Uh, which which one? Of the, which of those places can people comment? On Spotify is probably all of them. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. You can comment yeah. everywhere. Okay, well, d- y'all comment below the video, and if y'all want to to hear more of this kind of talk, like like talking about gun things, or like whether it be laws, or whether it be. Um, <laughs> tactics no kidding uh yeah. whether it be like you know different, we were talking about calibers and stuff like that like if y'all want to hear more of these discussions about this stuff let us know like i was very nervous i don't know if you guys are nervous. i'm very nervous now like about doing this because you never know how how the g word is going to play out so mm-hmm. um comment let us yeah. know youtube and spotify those are the two easiest for us to read the comments so. excellent yep. yep let's do it youtube or spotify perfect cool. dang pleasure dude. as always my yeah. dude thank you take care brother, brother. thanks for coming I hope you enjoyed that episode. Do us a favor. Slide over to iTunes. 
or Spotify or YouTube. Leave a five-star review and leave a comment. If you want to, you want to support further, share it with somebody. Ask them to like, subscribe, and share it with their friends. If they can benefit from it, we need to spread it out. The more you like and comment, the more visible we are on all these platforms when people are just searching Firefighter Podcast. It'll come up primary complete a little bit quicker, and they won't have to dig quite so far to find us. We really appreciate that. Visit the website. It's a pretty good site. It's got all kinds of fun links and stuff. You can also find the shows there on the website as well, and that's www.primarycompletepodcast.com. Thank you all so much for your support. Again, we love you. Thank you for helping us make conversation great again.